And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbrough. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog with the Big Hulk. What's up, everybody? It's the Big Hulk. Uh, I'm excited. Um... Uh, Thanksgiving pod, let's go, man. Yeah, Thanksgiving, dude. I think the trip to fans already kicking in for Sleep Dog and the Big Hawk. We uh, got a lot of UNC basketball to get into uh, before we go straight comatose over the next week. But uh, UNC, man, we uh, kicked things off with uh, last week with College of Charleston. Then we had two real strong tests in the neutral site. Purdue and Tennessee did not go that great. We'll get into that. Uh, obviously goes out saying the heels no longer in the top 25 as we record today. Uh, I got UNC Asheville coming to town tonight as you're listening, uh, to hopefully get things back on track. And toward the end there, we'll jump into a couple other sports related things, but for now, let's toss it over to you, big Hawk. Uh, I know you got a lot of thoughts on what we've seen since we last talked about Carolina basketball. Uh, is it time for our fans to start freaking out? Cause they already are. Well, we can freak out, um, but, you know, there's really only one game to be upset about, really freak out about, and that's, to me, in my opinion, is uh, probably the Tennessee game. Uh, But uh, we can backtrack to the College of Charleston, and we can talk about that one. Uh, I'll just give you my thoughts. Um, I think College of Charleston is a tough place to play. Those small, home, tough environments – uh, the arenas, I mean, they're much smaller than anything we see in the ACC. And so anytime you have a team like UNC coming into town, you're talking about everyone in everyone within the area is coming. We're talking about people coming from the middle of nowhere. And uh, it's the biggest game for College of Charleston all year. And uh, I was happy what I saw in that game. Uh, my thoughts are I thought we showed, a, you know, Amazing toughness in a tough environment. And obviously, we are a more talented team. We needed to win. But what College of Charleston did is they jumped off into a big league. Uh, they fed off the crowd. And uh, I think we got on our, on our toes a little bit. Uh, as Carolina fans, we were like, oh, no. Uh, going off a of recent history and the way we have responded – Um, I thought we fought back and played hard. Um, I liked how RJ stepped up big in the second half. I thought he played well for us. I think he had like almost 20 in the second half, but, uh, Caleb played well. He really slowed it down, showed a lot of maturity, uh, when the time got tough, dished out six assists and had a heck of a game. And, uh, Armando was big for us in the post going, uh, 24 points, 12 rebounds, and in my opinion, 10 for 12 in the field goals. Anytime you shoot that high percentage, um, you're going to help the team. But I really thought we were we were playing well. Our chemistry was good. And when it got going tough, we, I mean, we showed up. We didn't collapse. Tough environment. Obviously, we needed to win that game. Um, we're much more talented. You know, taking two losses in a row. If we would have lost at College of Charleston, uh, I think we'd have our opportunity to freak out. We'd all need to do a few musas. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Sleep, what do you think about the College of Charleston? 
Yeah, I thought it was a good game for us. It's like you said, man, it's a road game. It's a, it's a, it's a big environment. That's a Super Bowl for those guys. They had already beaten um, whoever the hell it was we played, Loyola. Charleston had already beaten them. I realized when I was looking at the schedule prior to the game and we saw Loyola thought they were a pretty good, you know, pretty solid test for early season. It wasn't like you were playing the, um, you know, Croatian Cougars out there. So, uh, you know, I thought we played well. We did what we were supposed to do, which is, you know, what you want to do when you're uh, coming off of such an uncertain season that we did probably the past two seasons. Mono also had six blocks, which was incredible. Uh, you know, we shot as a team, we shot a high percentage. We, we shot okay from the free throw line. Didn't shoot as great from from three as we have been in other games this season. Kerwin had a good game for a six, five of eight. You know he had fourteen. Manic had seventeen. He had twenty two from Love, twenty six or twenty four from Baycott. I'm looking here. I mean, we scored ninety four points. And anytime we're in the nineties, it really doesn't matter who you're playing. Uh, you got to be happy with that outcome. You know, again, give up eighty three. I'm not sure what to feel about that yet. This this early in the season, we we seem like we're giving up a lot of points. But it also doesn't seem like we're like necessarily playing awful defense. I mean, we uh, you know maybe got to figure out how to how to slow things down a little bit, you know, on the defensive end for some other teams. But hell, it's a, we scored six, we scored fifty eight in the second half. You know, you got to be happy with those numbers, and you know, it's good to see us, you know, take take some take some hits and uh, and come out on top. And, you know, I was, I was pretty happy. Like you said, man, leading up to, to yesterday, um, I was good with what I was seeing and, and, and we'll get to yesterday, you know, here in a bit, but I got no problems with that cause of Charleston game. And, um, yeah, and, and subsequently we'll talk about the, the Purdue loss after that. So I, I, I still think, you know, thus far where we're at, you know, we got a pretty ugly loss yesterday. It's easy to focus on that because it's the last thing that happened, but, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not overly pessimistic about where we stand. No, and I agree. And uh, one thing you got to learn is, well, one thing is, you know, the first mission is to win, and uh, we got that accomplished in College of Charleston. I mean, I think we've had some. Uh, I think we played there in the past, and we took some L's there. So, mm-hmm. you know, we got there. We got the mission accomplished. Uh, doesn't matter how pretty it, it looked. Um, I agree with you. You know, we got to figure out defensively if we're going to start holding teams and be accountable for, um, you know, giving up these, uh, you know, sometimes these <laughs> 80, 90 point games to other people. But, uh, you know, I still think we're continuing to grow. We're a, uh, a younger team, but I thought College of Charleston was a was a great test, especially for a lot of these guys who, you know, freshmen or, you know, whatever they are that haven't played in these tough environments because of COVID. And we talked about the football team, you know, having all these expectations before the season. Well, a lot of these players, you know, they didn't play in these tough environments because of COVID. And then they go up to Virginia Tech to start the season and uh, get it handed to them. And then just kind of seemed like that derailed their whole season. So I was liked how we, uh, I liked how we reacted to the environment and uh, we got the dub. Um, but obviously, uh, we knew this tournament going to Connecticut was going to be a tough test. I mean, Purdue and Tennessee and Villanova, those are all quality teams. And we knew we'd have to bring our game there. So, uh, you know, the Purdue loss, you know, sleep. I'll just let you start off with this. What do you think of Purdue and how we played and, um, you know, what you saw? Man, we covered it in our little preview prior to the game. You thought Purdue was one of the better teams in the country. I hadn't seen I didn't know jack shit about Purdue. So, I – 
was like, okay, fine, whatever. Uh, they definitely looked like it, and they they subsequently looked like it you know, when they when they followed us up and beaten Villanova. I thought that game was about as good of a loss as you could possibly have. I literally thought, you know, yesterday notwithstanding, you know, now knowing what we know about that game, if we had come out and beat Tennessee, I think what that loss would have moved us up in the rankings from where we were. I thought we played well. I thought we shot well. Uh, I thought we hung with them despite, you know, some, some things that didn't go our way. Uh, it was like every shot that they got, granted so a lot of them were open, especially in the second half, but dude, they're just knocking them all down. And I mean, you're going to get some open shots and you got to count on some guys to miss eventually. And I mean, in the second half, dude, it was crazy. They wound up shooting 55% here, it says, and it looked like they shot about 155%. They had three guys with 20-plus, dudes dropping career highs left and right, uh, that Ivy kid, and uh, was a, Stefanovic was the guy that was just, like, drilling, you know, getting buckets. You got that massive dude who was 7'3", and he just looked like a rock, you know, like just throwing his weight around. Um, yeah, I mean, look, we, you know, would have loved to have seen us win that game, but, yeah, breakout game from Garcia. Baycott had two points. You know, you got no help off the bench in terms of production. So I feel like given, given you know, Kerwin had, a, had an off-day shooting. So given those two things, I mean, your best player comes out and scores and fouls out and scores two points, and, you know, you hang with, with Purdue and, until essentially the last minute or two of the game. I was actually about as happy as you could be with a game like that in a loss. Yeah, and, you know, we covered on our Instagram page – when I look at Purdue, I see all the ingredients to win a national championship. And uh, mm-hmm. I think Matt Painter, uh, their head coach, is a great job. And I think he's, in my opinion, I think he's going to be probably coach of the year in uh, college basketball. I know I have a vote, and uh, he would be up there for me right now, which is extremely early to uh, even predict stuff like that. But um, last year, I actually thought Purdue was going to win it. And I think they lost. They lost early in the tournament, and I think that built a uh, kind of put a chip on their shoulder, and it made them mm-hmm. hungrier. And I think you're you're seeing that this year. You know that Zach Eddy kid, the seven four, you know three hundred pounder they have in the middle. I mean that guy's averaging seventeen points and eight rebounds on seventy three percent shooting, seventy three percent from the field goal category. And I think uh, I think. He's a he's a problem. Anytime you have that size, I know, I know he doesn't run the full court that well, but he's not like a just a statue. I mean, he can move a little bit. Not, I mean, he's mm-hmm. not a great doesn't have great feet, but for his size and how big he is, I mean, he moves around pretty decent. Usually, when you have somebody his size, you know, it looks like they're about to fall over. They just don't look coordinated. But this guy, I mean, I think he's going to play on the next level. Also, you know, the Ivy kid, I think he kind of had a – he had a heck of a game against us. Uh, you got to give him credit. You know, mm-hmm. in my notes, I said that um, the uh, Jaden Ivy had 22 points, 10 rebounds, and six assists against us. I mean, that's almost a triple-double in college basketball, and you don't mm-hmm. hear that much. And that's um, – you know, that's a big-time – that's a big-time game. Also, you know, Trayvon Williams, he had 20 points in 13 minutes. Yeah. You know, you – he came in off the bench. He didn't play. He didn't play. Uh, uh-uh. He didn't play. You know, a ton that game. But his impact was huge. 
And uh, it's a it's a number 50 kid for all the UNC fans that were mm-hmm. watching the game. And he was a problem down low. And I think what Purdue does is, you know, in this game um, where everybody just tries to hemorrhage threes up, they look at their team and they know what everybody does. And they're not mm-hmm. trying to conform to analytics. They're looking at what they have on that roster and they're making the best of it. I mean, this guy – Zach can control the middle. Uh, we got Williams coming in off the bench. He's a low down low. Let's, let's put him in their positions to score. Let's build off of that. And then the other kid, uh, I can't pronounce his name, uh, the Vich, right? Stefanovich? Um, Stefanovich, yeah. Yeah, so Stefanovich. Yeah, he was the clear leader. Yeah, I mean, he had a great game against us. You know, he knocked down open shots. But, uh, you know, when I look at this game, from the beginning, I, I do think we're not as talented as Purdue. And that's just me being honest. That's not that's not a knock on anybody on this team. I just think Purdue's the best team in the country, and they've been together longer, and they have, you know, they have the pieces. I thought we were kind of, you know, we were going to have to play our best game, and they were going to have to do something wrong for us to win. And I elaborated on that in our pregame predictions, but I didn't really go into great detail on it. You know, I think we came out and we gave ourselves a chance. That's why I was so excited about the way we played because, you know, Purdue is as good as they are. We came out there. We didn't back down. You know, we showed what we can do, and we gave ourselves a chance to win that game. And I think what it, you know, from my perspective, what I thought was going to happen is, hey, we can be one of the best teams in the country, and we can come out here and compete every single night. But, you know, we we showed up, and I think, you know, in my notes – I think Dawson played amazing. I think he came out and uh, he really spread the court well for us. He went three for five from, you know, three point uh, line and really took the big, took Eddie outside the lane and opened some things up for us early. And then I think RJ woke up in the second half. He almost had 20. Um, I think him getting his confidence up and we saw it, I think in the Brown game, him coming live is just going to make this team reach his potential. You know, like I said, uh, late in the game, I thought Williams got going for them, and they just kind of they kind of figured things out. At one point, it was like they were running down and just playing bully ball, right back to Williams, right back to Williams, right back to Williams. And it got our bigs into foul trouble. Armando fouled out. Armando didn't have his best game. You know, in these big-time games, I think you've got to come out there for our team to be reach its potential. You've got to show up against these people. That's not a knock on Armando. Everybody has bad games. Uh, you know, you get in foul trouble and you're kind of behind the eight ball because you have to be conscious of, you know, hey, I can't be as aggressive as I need to because I might be on the bench or, you know, out of the game, which, you know, it's tough to tough to play like that. But him getting in foul trouble and then Dawson fouling out, you know, that, that was kind of the deal right there. Um, and then we turned the ball over late and made some casual turnovers. As we talked about, I think our shot selection late in the game could have been better especially when we got the lead. It was like we got the lead and then we got a turnover and we made a couple casual plays and took some bad shots. And it seemed like Purdue was like, you know, we got a one point lead and then Purdue was like, boom, 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 eight point lead, uh, Purdue. Mm -hmm. And I think that was kind of like the, you know, that was the blow right there. That kind of summed it up. I mean, when they got their backs up against the wall, they responded. And uh, when we responded, we didn't really have an answer for them. Yeah, and they respond didn't have an answer for him. So it's uh, it was great to see us compete, though. I mean, it was you know Carolina basketball going up against 
you know, another great opponent in college basketball. It was just one of those battles that we just love to see. We just came up, we just came up short. You know, it really showed the direction that we're going. We're, we're right back there. We can compete with anybody. UNC is headed in the right direction. You know, we talk about, you know, why we're so discouraged is because of the Tennessee game. And we can jump forward to that or sleep. You can elaborate off of what I said on Purdue. It doesn't matter. Well, yeah, before, yeah, before we jump into the Tennessee game, I mean, I'll sum it up. You, you, you mentioned it, but, you know, Purdue played like a veteran team. And that's what happens when, when you know, you get late in games and it's a tight game. Like, you know, it's, composer in college basketball is a great equalizer and they showed it and we didn't and it wasn't you know there's a lot of positive outcomes like you said Baycott got in foul trouble and he only played 17 minutes Manic had four fouls I thought two of them were bullshit and that really kept him out of game in important stretches of the game but you got to figure that you got two of your you know your prominent forwards in a team that is clearly banging you up inside that aren't on the court most of the night now Garcia picked up the slack and then some, you know, with his game and Love and Davis played well. But, you know, we, despite some of the struggles, in spite of some of the struggles, you know, we still managed a nine-point game that was closer than that, really, until the, the final minute, kind of. But you were right. It was all that turning point. It's like we got ahead, and then you blink your damn eyes, and next thing you know, we're down eight or nine, and that was really that. And, um, you know, but the thing that I keep coming back to is I look at how well we are shooting the ball from the free-throw line all other things considered, yes, I think, we, you know, you're going to lose some games. I don't care. Even some of the best teams we've ever had have lost games where we looked like shit and maybe lost close ones where, where we didn't. But they've also shot the ball well from the free throw line. And what has just been, we aren't good enough to not shoot the ball well from the free throw line. So, I, you know, it's one of the more boring elements of the game. But we've been shooting well. We shot well in Purdue. The problem was, you know, when your bigs are off the floor, you're shooting from the perimeter. We went to the line 12 times. They went to the line 20, 10 more times than we did, right? So we got to keep, I think, attacking the basket. If you're shooting the ball well from the line, you got good free throw shooters. We got to get them to the line. I mean, you still you see that a lot in the NBA and with some of those athletic players. Like, you know, if, if some other things aren't working, you got to get to the line, especially in a season where we feel like we got uh, a snowball's chance of of making some free throws, but all things considered, man, like we said, weren't really all that upset with the Purdue loss. I mean, I do think they're the better team, especially right now. And probably, you know, for the duration, but you got to come away feeling positive about that. I had some friends reaching out to me. So, you know, all, you know, freaking out. And I said, listen, man, until yesterday, there wasn't anything to worry about. Yeah. We've had some close games against some decent or, you know, against some small teams early, but these aren't slouches. I mean, it's not like these guys are coming in here, you know, without a fighting, like some of these teams, I wouldn't be surprised to see them make the tournament. Um, yeah. And then you run up against Purdue. They're really good. And then you jump into Tennessee, which is where we'll go next. That was a totally different story, but it was like you said, I mean, from that game from the tip almost, I was just looking at their body language and I was like, these guys don't stand a chance. Yeah. And you know, sleep, what you said about Purdue, the free throw line, the free throw is the second highest percentage shot in basketball. Anytime you capitalize on that, you know, that's important. It's a free shot. You gotta, you gotta capitalize on that, make the most of it. Uh, But also it's a sign of, you know, how aggressive you play. Are you attacking the basket? Are you doing these things to, um, you know, draw the defense or put the, making the defense vulnerable, putting them, you know, in a situation where if they make a mistake, we end up on the free throw line. And, uh, you know, getting the ball inside, a lot of people think that getting the ball inside means 
no, we just need to go down and we need to post one of our bigs and dump it down there. And then work, no, getting the ball is penetrating from a guard, cutting, passing inside, getting layups, getting easy shots. That is all a huge part of the game. That is a big component of getting the ball inside that a lot of people get a little twisted about thinking we just need to post it up. But, uh, you know, the Tennessee game, it was discouraging. We got to call a spade a spade. When I talked about our pregame keys on Sleepwalk, I went in there and I said, the first key is we can't have a hangover. We got to let tomorrow mm-hmm. know. We got to come out here and we got to win. This is an opportunity to get a big time win against a quality opponent. You know, we're trying to build our resume. You try to build your resume for the tournament or for whatever you're doing early on. You don't just all of a sudden show up and end of the season, just win the tournament. No, you're, you're progressively making your case every single night you step on that court. You know, we knew we couldn't have a hangover. Coming into the game, uh, a big key was, you know, we can't play fatigued. We got to come out here with energy uh, because this is, you know, this is the next game. This is getting us better as a team and preparing us for those uh, championship runs that we need to do. You know, I, I felt like when we watched the game, we looked fatigued and we looked tired. And it was almost like, man, we ah, we played Purdue close, but – you know, we're, if we're not going to win it, then let's not even – I don't even know why we're playing this consolation game. But for me, that was the only discouraging part. You know, this is no reflection of me being critical of Hubert. I think Hubert is a man, and I think he's doing a great job. I'm just I'm just saying, you know, in the season you yeah. have games like this, and it happens. Yeah. And, I was going to ask, man. It's, it does. You know, and it, it's, it happens – anybody that's ever played sports, you've shown up at a game, and it's like whether it's in – you know, middle school all the way through, I'm sure, you know, you see it happen in, in professional sports. Hell, hell you see, this is a couple games of LeBron in the NBA finals where you're just like, dude, did this guy even care? It, it was weird. How does that happen? I think it's like, and I, I asked that question from your perspective because it does, and it's not an indictment on anybody. It's just sometimes you just go out there and it's like, bro, I just don't feel like it. Just today ain't my day. And then it's like, maybe somebody else is having that. And before you know it, the whole sort of uh, mentality of the team, you know, you get in the huddle and there's like maybe one or two people that are trying to will everybody through it. And it's just like this, it's almost like a sickness, right? Like, and that's kind of, they had it, whatever it was, man, they didn't shoot the ball. Well, they looked lethargic. They looked slow. They looked exhausted. And then everybody's sitting here saying, well, these guys are 18, 19, 20 years old. How does that happen? Um, Do you think that early in the season that the back to back, you know, what they play three games in four or five days. You think that had something to do with it or, you know, kind of how does that uh, maybe catch him by surprise? Didn't know how much you took out of him. Is it just, you know, that hangover effect uh, from your perspective? You know, because, again, it's not, a, it's not like these guys are going out there trying not to play. Like, it's not like you don't care. But you just get out there a little bit. You don't have it. I mean, they're down seven at the half, which, you know, we kind of been falling behind at the half some. But, like, by no means is the game out of reach. And, you know, we just never really looked like we got it together. Yeah, and, and Sleep, what this is, is, you know, you see it in the NBA. You have days, you mean, the NBA teams play back-to-back games. You know, as a young college kid, uh, what you think here is, you, you know, we just had a game last night, now we got to prepare for another game. Well, this is what the great ones do. I mean, you talk about, you know, a lot of these kids want to play in the NBA. Well, this is what it takes. This is your opportunity to show that you can play one night and you can play the next night and you got to bring it. For me, that was just – that's not really something that uh, a lot of college teams are used to doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, you see in the NBA after the press – you know, on the press conference, you see sometimes coaches just coming out there and they're not discouraged. They're just being honest. They just say, 
guys, we got our ass kicked tonight. We just didn't have it. We didn't bring it. And you're going to have games like this in the season. That's me being 100% honest. Uh, let's just move on and we'll get ready for our next opponent. And it's just like nothing happened. But you can't do that in college. And the reason you can't do that, one, is because it's not professional sports. You know, if, if a college coach were to go in a press conference like that, could you imagine the criticism the alumni and the media would give him? One, mm-hmm. because it's never been done before. And also <laughs> because, no, that's not acceptable. But in the honest truth, it happens. And that's the reality. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to – you know, you have 30, 40 games in a year. Okay, you're not going to be on your game every single right. night. What what happened is we got fatigued and we had a off night. So you can have off nights when you're rested mm-hmm. and you're ready. You just had an off night. It happened to us to be we had an off night after a game and we were extremely fatigued. You know it happens. And what you got to do is you can't let this moment define you. You can't have a hangover. I talk about this all the time. Okay, next play, best play. So next game up, we got to have our best game. You know, we can't let that game define us as a team, and we got to keep improving. We got to take what we can from this game and learn and improve, regroup ourselves. And, uh, you know, we got a reality check. You know, we've got to convince ourselves that, you know, we can get back to that point. We can compete with everybody. You know, let's get back in the gym and start working. And that's what uh, my mentality would be. And I remember after games, especially playing for Coach Williams, their mindset was never going into the gym. Uh, we're just going to have a light practice. No, you lose a game with Coach Williams, you go to the gym ready to compete, practice, and be serious. Okay, because that's 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 the type of mentality that Coach Williams had. You know, Hubert's, Hubert has this. I'm not saying he doesn't. But my mm-hmm. experience of playing for Coach Williams is, you know, that's what you got to do. You got to regroup and you got to come out to your next game and you got to be a you got to be a fighter. You got to be a bulldog and you got to get everything. And I think that's what this team has to do. Well, you bring up a good point, a fair point in, in defense of Hubert. He hadn't had the chance to do that yet. You know, the first mm-hmm. time you lose a game, you know, it just so happens your first loss as a coach is in the, in the, in the um, sort of lineup of a back-to-back set where you just don't get to, to come in. And, and, and uh, I bet maybe today, you know, they play tomorrow night. Or, you know, again, if you're listening, we're going to have this up. It'll be tonight. So Monday they come back from, from the trip. And probably, you know, that's another interesting thing. Like, I'm not sure how hard they're going to push it the night before a game. But, you know, you can't get that. It, it, dude, the, the reset that practice affords a team, a young team, to, to get over a, a loss, especially an emotional loss like the Purdue thing, uh, is important. But when you bump it right up to another game within a matter of hours, you know, you don't get that opportunity to sort of reset. And, you know, like you said, it's just – as a fan, I'm sitting here looking at this, and the one thing we failed to mention is that Tennessee is in the top 25. So it's not like you just went out there and got your ass kicked by a bunch of nobodies. I mean, they're a good team, uh, at least at this stage of the year, and and they played like it. They shot 55% from the field. They shot it – well, they only had five free throws. They scored 90 points. So, I mean, they played a, a good all-around game, We and we didn't. So uh, if we had played half-ass, at least, you know, we, we would have been a little a little tighter on the spread there. But, um, yeah, again, like, I mean, our, our fan base is going to freak out regardless. I thought we were going to move up at least stay the same after that Purdue loss. Uh, you know, yesterday notwithstanding, I think it would be interesting if we had, you know, gone down to the wire where we would be. Uh, again, we, we talk a lot about the rankings and how it's irrelevant this early in the season. All that matters is, you know, can we get it together in time for – 
for conference play, but you know, the fans out there, I'd say, Hey, listen, like we've had one game where we didn't look good. And, and if you really consider and step back and really just try to be impartial about it, or, you know, anybody that's not a Carolina fan listen to us probably thinks we're just making excuses and that's fine. Um, maybe we are, but I just feel like, uh, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> based on what I've seen, I've seen one bad thing and, and several other good things. And I expected to see a lot of bad things and uh, very few good things, to be perfectly honest with you. And 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 so far, this this doesn't deter me from, you know, the outlook for the season by any means. Now, we're going to find that out for sure when uh, when we try to bounce back here against uh, whoever, UNC Asheville. So it's, I, I know they got some studs. So we're going to need to put them down. They actually <laughs> are not a bad team. Uh, I think they've been in the tournament not so long ago, but they always have a decent – they're not – I mean, they're going to show up. And All I remember is when they had that one dude that was like seven foot nine or whatever. You know how many people <laughs> we got a, about that? Uh, <laughs> we got a 90% chance of winning that one according to the old ESPN matchup predictor. Hey, Sleep, you brought up a good point, though. You know, you, you talked about, you know, how hard do you push them the night before a game? It's always – I've always been curious to see what people think of this. And uh, I want to get your opinions on it. I think, you know, in this – in sports, we're always talking about, like, this rest and recovery now, which is kind of new. And they're trying to do these workload management for a lot of guys to prevent injuries. Also, what they're doing is monitoring guys. But back when MJ played and all these other guys, I mean, it was just like, no, we go balls to the wall in practice and we we're playing a much more physical game. We're going to play at night and then we're going to have some beers after the game. And it was just like, dude, how do you guys do it? Like you party, wake up, then you go balls to the wall. And then the night before a game, now it's like guys can't go more than 15 minutes. And after 15 minutes, they got to do like a 50% effort level and I'm just like you know these guys are young and in college okay so what if they have a game the next day okay it's UNC first of all it's we're not playing for the national championship tomorrow we're playing for you know to get better as a team and get a dub and if we have to have a hard practice and we have to reset our minds and we have to have a gut check you know if I'm a coach I bury them I don't I mean Mm -hmm. so what so what uh Mm -hmm. if you want to be a good team then respond. And uh, that would be my mindset. I hate when these workload management conversations come up because, you know, in the reality of things, you know, I, 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 I understand. And technically I fall somewhere in the middle, but you can't be so caught up into like, Oh, we got to rest and we can't play him at some point. Just let the guy play, stop overthinking everything. And uh, I want to get your thoughts on that. Hey, man, the more you sweat in peace, the less you bleed in war. That's what I say, man. And I think you just go out there and just run them through the freaking ringer because you got Asheville <laughs> coming up, right? I mean, come on. Let's be honest with ourselves. And I'm with you, dude. The whole – all the way up in the NBA, guys, DNP for rest. Like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Like, you're, you're, like NBA, I'm not even going there because these kids, you know, deserve to get paid as we both agree on, and, and, and that starts to open up a whole other can of worms. Uh as to why they should play versus these kids. But yeah, man, I mean, you're, 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 uh, I don't know, man. It's not like, not like, you know, running them hard in practice is going to kill anybody or, or make them more susceptible to injury. I wouldn't imagine it at this stage of their, 
their lives are young and, and, and they can bounce back from anything. So yeah, dude, I'm with you a hundred percent. I think what you do is, is you use that practice to, you know, great coaches I had, which is totally different than like Roy Williams, you know, I mean, nobody, Roy Williams ain't, he did. Yeah, never mind. I ain't never had no Roy Williams coaching me, but still I've had good coaches that were influential to me. Right. And, and to, to youth. Right. And they come in and you, it's about just sort of like, uh, meeting them where they stand, which is like, look, man, I'm going to give you the hard reality. Like this is unacceptable, you know? And then it, uh, I think a good practice after a loss, like they just had is like for the first 10, 15 minutes, everybody's pissed off and the coach is on your ass. And then you, you know, you're trying to fight back and forth. And by the end of that practice, something's happened where you sort of like come back together and you leave the place in a different place. And that's how you get rid of this type of thing, man. Yeah. And, and again, I think it'll, it'll really be interesting to see how they bounce back in like the first five minutes of this game against Asheville. Right. I think if they come out and, and if Asheville calls timeout before the break, I think we're good. Cause I think what needs to happen is we need to come out and we need to be up 11, nothing. And they just burn that timeout. That's like, Oh shit, this is going to be a long one. And I won't have any concerns in the world. You know, this is not a game you want to come back and bounce back and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's 36, 32 at the half and everybody's like, damn, man, why the hell are these guys so close to us? Um, and I think that's, I think that's what you're going to see, right? I think you're going to see us come back and bounce back because I think you're right. I think I, everything I've seen from Hubert is overwhelmingly positive. Don't get me wrong. I didn't doubt any of this, but I didn't know. I had never seen Hubert really before. I met the dude one time in a department store and he was like the nicest person I ever met. And I'm used to, like everybody else, just very curious as to what you're going to see. And all I could relate to was, man, everybody says he's such a nice guy. Is that going to translate? And so far, man, it's like he's got the switch. And when he gets on the sideline, man, I love watching him coach. Oh, yeah. So I think that's what you're going to get is uh, a much better performance after that loss. You know, I love I love uh, Hubert's energy. Uh, coach Davis, I mean, when they were showing him getting fired up, I mean, I love that. That's a competitive side. Uh, that's coming out. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing that. Um, that means he's involved. Uh, you know, he's passionate. And, you know, honestly, he could be trying to project that onto the team. Hey, we're not playing mm-hmm. with energy. Let me get these guys fired up. They see how I'm going on the sideline. Let me try to get that going on, on the court. And uh, that's what I love seeing. But, you know, sleep back in my day when I was playing high school, I had an old school, I had two old school high school coaches, an assistant and a head coach, and they were old school. And uh, they were under some pressure <laughs> because my team was really good. Uh, me and my brother, we had some <laughs> players. And uh, and I remember he used to just – I mean, we had practice at 5.30 in the morning every single day. One day he's sitting there and he said, guys, come here. And he said, listen, I can guarantee you one thing. I may not be Phil Jackson. I may not know every single thing about basketball, but I know one thing. We're going to be the best team in the state of Missouri – or we're going to be the best in shape team in Missouri. Now you guys make that choice. Right now. <laughs> and, uh, he, and he said that to us. And then he said that to us. And then he would bring it back up occasionally and uh, it panned out. But uh, I always laugh about that. And that's just kind of that old school mentality. And listen, we had practice at five thirty AM on game days. And when I was in high school mm. and yep. that's how we did it. You know, I, I think sometimes the, uh, you know, the hungry aspect of like hard practices builds character. It builds that hunger. One of my favorite quotes, hungry dog, fastest dog. And uh, mm-hmm. I love that. And it's and I agree with that. And we, we need to come out here and compete. 
and we need to play like a hungry dog sometimes. And uh, we'll see what we're made of. But, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how we bounce back tomorrow and uh, against UNC Asheville. Oh, yeah. Dancer got to quit playing like sleep dog because that ain't going to get you very far, as evidenced by the Crow team. Hell, what do when I was in high school, I'll never forget, we were playing a team, and it was halftime, and we were down by about 60. And our, co- our coach came in, and he used to love Dean Smith. We had a coach that was really good, and I don't know how the hell he put up with us because we weren't good. And uh, I don't think he just was used to coaching such lack talent. And, uh, man, I'll never forget, he came in there, and we were getting beat so bad. And we were getting beat not because we – weren't playing well we get beat because we just were incapable of playing well we just suck and he threw the clipboard up against the wall and said <laughs> said he was cheering for the other team and they hope they beat us by 100 and they damn near did uh but <laughs> it was uh yeah so yeah we were definitely pretty in shape too because hell it wasn't much point in us shooting the basketball we just ran all practice so uh but man i would, would be a fly on the wall at old sleep dogs uh freshman sophomore year Crowtown High School have been something to see. But anyway, man, I think Heels bounce back. I'm not I'm not too worried about, you know, where we stand right now. You know, you start freaking out, you know, in a month from now if we're, you know, in, a, in the bottom half of the ACC or something like that. But everybody that everybody just needs to chill, like Aaron Rodgers said, even though he ain't really uh, anybody want to hang with anymore. Um, he was right in that regard. Ain't, ain't a whole lot that, to – What do you think about him saying, I'm a critical thinker? Like, who who says I'm a critical thinker? Dude, he's turning into Kyrie, man. Uh, you know, people really used to like him, and now it's like he's gone off the reservation. I think he's been out like Montana on the weekends, uh, smoking that coyote or whatever they call that stuff that makes you hallucinate, dude. He's got the hair, and he's all weird now, and he's just like, you know, whole vaccination thing. Well, no matter which side of the fence you're on, it's like, dude, just where are you at here, buddy? You just seem to be out in uh, outer space somewhere, and you got like. Even the people that are your fans are sort of just like, what? He's yeah, a weird dude. Dude, the, the the best thing is like when you make a, you know, a controversial comment and you have all these, you know, you have all this drama built up to you and you send these like, you know, these, you know, cryptic messages through your oh, yeah. social media. <laughs> and then all of a sudden one day you guys are like, hey, guys, chill out. And uh, you're like, what the biggest drama show. This is like the bachelor, bachelor slash bachelor in the NFL right now. And you just tell people to chill out. And, uh, you know, people yeah. are passionate about getting vaccinated. It's not a light issue. And you bring, you're trying to make light of one of the biggest controversial issues in the world, uh-huh. right now, to be honest with you. And uh, then he tells everybody, listen, I'm a critical thinker. And I'm like, well, what in the hell does that mean? Nobody else can think on your level. What do we have to do to get on Aaron Rodgers' thinking level? And how critically do we have to dive into our thoughts uh, is a great question. But I thought that was hilarious. All I know, yeah. man, is that dude – I mean, I know they lost yesterday, but damn, that dude goes out and throws 385 yards and four touchdowns. He just makes it look easy every single – like, he's so much fun to watch. Uh, I don't know how he maintains this, like – I think – I mean, because – I don't know, man. That guy's just – he's just good. Something something different about him, that's for sure. I love watching him play. And he is – I mean, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and this Herbert kid from the Chargers. um, Dude. And, dude, I love these guys, man. I just think they're really good and fun to watch. And, you you know, Rodgers can do it all. He can run. He can throw. And it's just impressive. Yeah. That's uh, those guys. Those guys can sling it. 
Um, well, uh, the, the football game, Monday night football game is Tampa Giants. By the time you guys listen to this, that'll be over. And honestly, we're recording it right now, and it doesn't start till tonight, and it's already over because everybody knows the damn Giants ain't got a snowball's chance of hell winning that game. Although the Washington football team beat Tampa last week, which was something else beside the point. Tampa's favored by 11. I imagine they'll probably shut that one down about, by about halftime. But uh, nothing else really going on, man. You got anything, Big Hawk? Stay safe. Stay safe, everybody.